it feels like um, the tale of two cities, right? It's the best of times and the worst of times. You know, you miss certain things. My God, I can't wait to travel again and, you know, go on an adventure. That's my sweet spot. I love traveling. But at the same time, you know, being home and be able to spend time with my family and really get to be um, warm and, and connected with them, that's fantastic. This is Crisis Cast 2020 with me, Toby Goodman, a podcast where I get timely wisdom from experts in life and business. These guests will answer my five questions, sharing wisdom and insights to help you and me get through this global shitstorm. Today on Crisis Cast 2020, Boston based inspired purpose coach Tony Modnetti shares experience of facilitating virtual summits, tips on creating emotional safety, how to create the feeling of community during online events, and why uncertainty is a good thing. Recorded on May 22nd, 2020, we're all well into the next phase of this pandemic now, and I loved how what Tony brought to the conversation was on one hand so relaxing, and on the other, he just shared such useful tips For me, it serves as a perfect entree into his new virtual campfire podcast too, which will be coming out soon. And I will, of course, be subscribing to that. Enjoy this conversation with Tony Martinetti. Before we start the show, I have something for you if you identify as pod curious. It's perfect for you if you're an expert, consultant or business owner. Maybe you're wondering if podcasting is worth the effort, especially now, Or perhaps you've tried podcasting in the past but have been disappointed with the results. In this free guide, Podstar, I'll share the exact seven steps we use to help publish over 2,000 podcasts each month. To get instant access, go to podcastnetworksolutions.com. Tony Martinetti, welcome to Crisis Cast 2020. Thank you very much for joining me. Thank you, Tony. I appreciate it. Pleasure to be here. Excellent. So Friday, 22nd of May, you're in Boston. Boston is now definitely got the highest count of crisis cast guests for various reasons. But um, I haven't spoke to someone in Boston for a few weeks. So still relevant question because the world is moving at a very strange and fast pace in many ways. So what's your experience been on a local level where you are of the, of the pandemic? What's going on? Yeah, there's definitely some some amount of um, uncertainty around what to do. People wanting to return to work. Some people saying like, "I'm just comfortable doing what I'm doing right now and staying um, staying in shelter, being safe." Um, so yeah, we're still in this uncertainty, and I think because of the fact that we've got this um, some great measures that companies have taken to um, to create a virtual environment. It's really been great to see how we've been able to adapt to this new environment for now. And from a personal standpoint, I know you work online a lot, as a lot of my guests do, a lot of people I work with do. So some stuff hasn't changed. What what has changed for you on a on a personal level? Yeah. Um, you know, you're absolutely right. I mean, I've done a lot of work online virtually. The one thing that's been challenging is just, you know, not being able to go out and be with people in person, which really is something I miss. Um, I'm big on personal connection and having that in-person time, um, especially at events and um, being able to speak at events. So that's one thing I'm really missing. The thing I would say more personally is 
I've been more creative these days, being able to kind of like figure out ways to, to get the message out and to be able to create more things. And so that's been really fun. Uh, that's the, the upside of, I guess, this challenging situation we're in. Yeah. So less distraction from the everyday humdrum of going to the store and doing things that maybe you didn't need to do, but you were just doing is that I, I mean I'm feeling that too man I'm definitely feeling like focused I've got less time um, because of the homeschooling thing but I'm way more effective at the moment I seem to be like supercharging what I'm doing when I am at my desk and yeah I'm not being hey man come over for a just drop by and say you know there's none of that and I miss that on a personal level like you do but equally I'm getting stuff done yeah yeah I mean it's it's funny I was thinking about this recently how it feels like um, the tale of two cities, right? It's the best of times and the worst of times. You know, you miss certain things. My God, I can't wait to travel again and, you know, go on an adventure. That's my sweet spot. I love traveling. But at the same time, you know, being home and be able to spend time with my family and really get to be um, warm and, and connected with them, that's fantastic. And then having this ability to really hunker down and say, okay, what, what can I do? What with this time that I'm at home and the creativity is just kind of like flowing from that is having this, this time to connect with what I'm trying to do with my business. Yeah, that makes sense to me. So I've been asking these two together. What are your thoughts? You've been doing, you've been doing some incredible work. I know you've been working actually very hard doing some online stuff that you were just going into when we first met and you're what, 21 days into it, 20 days into into facilitating some serious coaching stuff. So you're, you're doing all of that. And I imagine the themes are, are around these questions. How are we getting through this? How are we going to get through this? What does the other side look like? So what, not only what's your perspective, because I'm asking that to everyone and sometimes feel like I'm repeating myself, but what's your perspective and what perspectives have you been through almost? Because I reckon like at this stage of the game, we've all been in this for a few weeks now. So how we're seeing things is changing, right? Yeah, there's an element of uh, going through certain stages. Um, you know, there's initial chaos that people had dealt with, which is, you know, gosh, I don't know what is going to happen. Um, you know, there's fear. And there's an element that we moved past that first stage and went into an acceptance stage where I said, this is, this is happening. So I have to kind of learn to adjust, figure out a routine and live in that routine. And then eventually come into this place of, okay, now that I'm here and I'm living in this routine, what happens when this does change and we shift into a new world? And so you start to plan for, you know, what I call the emerging strategy. What am I going to be like on the other side of this? Hopefully people are in that stage at this point. They start thinking about when this does end, even though there's still uncertainty around that, who do I want to be on the other side of this? Um, and that's really kind of fun to play with. Because there's been a lot of changes. Some people have lost jobs and some people have been able to think about who I am now and who I want to be. And that's where a lot of power comes from is being able to say, this was my pause. And now I can use this pause to actually propel myself forward in a different way. So that's what I've been seeing a lot during this time, different phases people have been going through and how they've used it to either their advantage or disadvantage. Sometimes that people have just but not be able to rise up against the feelings and emotions that they're feeling. The one thing I do want to point out is that uncertainty is a good thing. 
you often hear the story of that the journey is the best part of getting to a destination. And that's because it's, it's really based in neuroscience. Like dopamine is important to be released when you are on, along the journey of creating what you want to create. And so that's really neuroscience based. And when you have risk and uncertainty, you should embrace it and realize that although it's challenging to go through that process, it's important to be motivated by those risks and uncertainties to get on the other side. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. What's next for me because of this forced pause in many ways? What's next for you? Because I know what's next for you. <laughs> I know that you're going to be doing a podcast. But was, was that going to happen anyway? Um, and is other stuff happening? Like, what, now that we've had a significant amount of pause and continue to a certain extent to have pause, what conclusions have you come to personally about how you're going to change things up? Because I'm now starting to read stories about what happened in the war in, you know, back in the day when people were forced to stay inside and stuff. And then they, you know, even when they were allowed out, they stayed in um, afterwards because they enjoyed that change of, of pace, a change of life. Like, wh where are you with it? What, other than the podcast, which I'll keep just saying, you've got a podcast coming out because it's going to be great. As well as that, tell me about that stuff. What's going to change on the other side of this for you? Yeah. Well, I mean, it really comes from what I really stand for, which is I want to serve people and I want to serve people more powerfully. And I know the people are going through some challenges now and I want to be able to be that person to help them to become, you know, what they want to become and figure out the future that they're creating. And so what that's changed for me is to find out different ways to create that. One of the ways that I'm doing that is I'm trying to embrace more of that group mentality, how to bring people together again. It starts virtually and eventually creating experiences where people can come together and connect. And I'm looking forward to that day when I can have people together in one place, connecting and having experiences together. From a coaching perspective, that's where the, the real power is, is creating an experience where people connect, but they also are expanding their, their vision of the world. Yeah, right. What's your position on engaging people? Because I know you've been doing it. What are your techniques? What are your tools in terms of engaging more than one person? Because I'm really comfortable doing this one-to-one -one thing that we're doing and we all kind of are. We've all been doing FaceTime for a long time. But I think for a lot of people, it's the first time where they've had to show up in a group of other people where you turn on your screen and suddenly there's, you know, potentially a hundred different faces to the point where you'd have to scroll <laughs> to work out who you're with. So how do you start to incentivize communication in like breakout rooms and uh, and, and create a feeling of togetherness, despite the fact that right now we're all locked up, but we are showing up together for events like the one you've been doing. What's that like? And what have you learned from doing that? Because that's crazy, isn't it really? It really is. And so I'm glad you brought that up because that's one of the things that I really am keen on. One of the things I've done a lot of studying around is psychological safety and creating safety in the spaces that people gather. And that's really challenging in a virtual environment. So what you want to do if you're a team or if you're uh, a group of people who relatively don't know each other is first start by creating a space, a safe container for people to be in. And part of that is just really having them speak themselves into the room and ensuring everyone knows who's who 
and uh, share something about themselves so that they become more of a human and not just a, a little box inside of a Hollywood square. And so once you've done that, you start to create um, this feeling of this is more than just a video. It's a human behind that screen. And we're all part of something we're creating together. That's, for me, it's a beautiful thing because it's um, what we do in person. When we have a person in front of us, we start to kind of mirror each other and make these neural connections between each other. Now we have to do it virtually. Yeah. And I imagine that's those techniques were things that you were doing in person, uh, in real life uh, situations, in group coaching sessions, in group sessions, et cetera, where you would go in and say, you know, everyone introduce yourself. So it's, it's what they call the icebreaker, right? And yet you have a very easy ability in, in real life, in a real physical space to be able to very quickly check on someone to see if they're engaged. But as someone who's facilitating a call, is there, uh, are there new strategies or, or tactics that you're, that you're using to check in on people throughout these sessions? Because sometimes these sessions are long, right? They're not like 10 minute, you know, what's your favorite color? So how do you check in on people? Yeah, there's no perfect way to do this, but there's different tools you can try to, to work this in. One of them is to create a way to have breaks in the, in the action, just to have, you know, whether it be a check-in that is, you know, a meditation session, just a, a moment where people take a breath all together so we can reconnect with being present. Or it could be just a, a dance break. I know that seems kind of silly, but hey, that's something that, you know, gets people thinking. I'm still here. I'm alive. I'm, I am actually present in the room. Or you start to have people be accountable for rolling, you know, being responsible for being the, the lead for certain sections of the session. So that's not just one person droning on and sharing what's on their mind. So the more you break it up, that's what creates a better session, a better summit or a better virtual meeting. That's very useful. Tell me about the chat box. Is that a nightmare for someone who's a, a host? Would you encourage people to use it? Because obviously when they're in, using it, they're engaging. But I've been on a couple of things in the last few days where I'm like feeling, I, I haven't been hosting, but I've been part of a mastermind where I've been watching people try to move the speaker away from the point that he or she was making, you know, by trying to set their own agenda, basically. Again, I've not hosted these group things. so. How do you manage the chat? Because you're delivering, you're monitoring, you're listening, and then suddenly you've got like duh, 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 like all these all this ton of text up. So um, what's going on there? How do you feel about that stuff? Yeah, one of the best things you can do if you're going to be hosting something like this is to is to make sure you have someone else who's with you who is helping to coordinate this because you can either have someone monitoring the chat and having a look at what's happening. Because I think the chat is such an important part of a virtual event, and in fact. That's what made virtual events really amazing because as much as in-person events are awesome, the introverts in the room, they tend to be really active on chat, which is really cool. And the insights are amazing. So I love having the chat, but it's just a matter of having somebody delegated on your team or just even bringing someone in the room who can be the monitor to pick out the questions, to pick up the insights, and then pausing from time to time to say, let's that's going to get a pulse of what's happening. And then one of the most important things to remember, more of a technical thing, is to remember to download the chat. Because as a speaker or someone who's running a program, getting those insights 
is very rewarding, especially when you can hear what resonated with them and you get a feeling for the feedback because that's what I hear most is kind of like what worked, what didn't. So you were able to download the, the messages after and then look back and maybe plan for the next session. Yeah. Yeah. It's really amazing. That's cool. Yeah. I've often thought, oh, I wish I'd grab that link and then I've, you know, this call stopped or whatever. So yeah, very, very cool. So once we're back in the room together next year, maybe sometime, hopefully, maybe before, you know, who knows? We don't have control of it. What you're seeing is going to be like the, the new normal for, for want of a better phrase, because that's doing my head in a bit. But what's, do you think we'll continue doing the Zoom thing because we'll have really harnessed the power of it? Or do you think we'll just be screaming to get away from our screens? I think it's going to be a mix. There's no doubt about it that virtual is here to stay. It was on its way. And this crisis has put us in a place that has shown the usefulness of this and maybe even ramps it up even more to see what were the bugs that need to be worked out to make it even more useful. However, it does not replace. And it doesn't replace the human connection, the in-person connection. And so what you'll probably end up seeing is a mix of both. When you think about the climate impact and the uh, time impact and the financial impact of not traveling to conferences all around the world and having access to some of the amazing thought leaders, it's really powerful to think about what you can do when you don't have to go and travel. I mean, this is coming from a person who loves to travel. So, Yeah, I was listening to Derek Sivers and I'm not sure I mentioned this the other day, but I was listening to Derek Sivers talk about, you know, he was walking, he's walking around and he's listening to a language learning course and he's walking around where he lives, which is now in the UK. And he started to feel, I miss traveling. And then he started to question the fact that he was missing traveling. What he was missing was connection. And then he went on a kind of long rant about, you know, why would you spend 24 hours, 20 hours of your life planning a trip? 10 hours, you know, getting to the destination to get to that street, that market in Thailand or whatever, you know, get a photo and then, you know, sort of say, look, I've traveled the world and then go back. And really you can travel without traveling and yet you can travel the world from your home if you're willing to actively create connections with people from different parts of the world, which is definitely what this podcast has kept me sane. Because the fact that I know that I'm having a connection with people, people I knew, but it's a reason to connect in a way that I was maybe not feeling the need because I was having more human connection, uh, physical connection with, you know, locally and stuff. But actually this has made me aware of how healthy it's kept my mind because I know, hey man, I'm talking to Tony in in the States today and I'm talking to so-and-so in the Netherlands tomorrow, whatever it is, it's just so helpful. I love traveling, man. Like I've worked in about 25 different countries and I miss it dearly, but I, when I go back to it, I'm going to value it so much, even more than I yes. have before, right? Like I'm going to really pay attention. I just want to say, because this is something I'm very passionate about. I resonate so wholeheartedly with what you're saying, but there's nothing that replaces the element of like, being there. And now I really hope people will, like you say, when they go to places, like truly just take it in and savor it. It's like eating fruit for the first time, like they've never had it before. 
And I think that's one of the things that's going to be so cool about coming out of this time is that the appreciation we have for the things that we, we've missed are going to be so beautiful. We're going to have this appreciation that is just so deep and amazing. So that's, that's what I'm leaning into. There's certain things that we are glad we've kind of gotten rid of. And there's certain things we're going to be like, yes, I can't wait. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, there is definitely nothing like being in a place. I was, uh, there was a time in my life when I was tr- totally travel weary. So, uh, you know, I'm now on the other, everyone's feeling a bit like a caged animal, but yeah, that's the appreciation. It probably comes with age as well. I was traveling a lot from quite a young age. Um, so yeah, but absolutely just the smell of, um, the smell and the taste of a, a fresh French loaf delivered to me, you know, in a, in a, outdoor cafe somewhere in France is like, yeah, very, very tempting. <laughs> it's very tempting right now. Yeah, I can smell it now. Yeah, exactly. How are you helping your clients then at the moment? You're, you're working hard. Are you seeing new problems? What, what are you doing with, with them? What are you seeing? Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing that's coming up these days, especially, is to kind of get people to step back and, and to um, give them space to um, to share what's on their mind and to lean into the uncertainty. As I said before, you know, this uncertainty is challenging for people because they don't know when you don't have a finite answer, then um, your mind starts to wander into different places. Like, okay, what happens if I lose my job? What happens if this lasts longer than I expect? What happens if I, you know, what, what if, what if, what if, what if? And so you start to kind of just create a space for them to, to um, think it through and then challenge their thinking to say, okay, well, what if it turns out perfectly? What if this is an opportunity for you to kind of create something different in your life? And you start to create that container for those types of conversations. And that's what I'm seeing a lot of right now. I love playing in that space. Let's wrap it up. Where can people find you right now? And and what can people who don't know you yet, who like sound of what you're talking about do to get more Tony in their lives? Sure. So first and foremost, I offer a complimentary inspiration session, which is basically some time together with me where we just explore some ideas that will help people move forward into what's possible for them. And that's, um, you know, really just a moment for us to spend some time together. And the place people can find me is on inspiredpurposecoach.com. That's uh, the best place to find me. I also have a link tree at linktreeinspiredcoach.com. Awesome. Is there one specific thing that's impressed you, surprised you since this has happened? Something that you're going to remember? Yeah. It's something that really has stuck with me a lot. And it's that constraints create opportunities. And the more we lean into those constraints and see what we can create during this time, then beautiful things can happen. Amen. We were we were just saying that before, so it's good to it's good to uh, close the close the circle. Excellent constraints create opportunity. I think we may we may we may have found our title for the episode, Tony. It could be lean into uncertainty <laughs> into the uncertainty, though. Don't know. Um, cool, man. Well, thank you so much. Is there anything I've missed? Is there anything you want to add? I mean, it's there's something about talking to you it's very relaxing well 
I appreciate that. That's um, one of the things as a coach that I've really been hearing a lot is people love the fact that I create a container for them to just share what's on their mind. And we have to create a space for people to open their, their hearts and their minds and just have a conversation. And that's, um, that's a starting point. Amen. Well, thank you. Thanks so much for joining me. And uh, yeah, I look forward to, I look forward to talking to you soon. Same here. Thank you. This episode of Crisis Cast 2020 was produced by me in London and Kate Astrakhan in Michigan, with artwork by Ryan Field and sound design by Lee Turner. Crisis Cast 2020 is a production from Podcast Network Solutions, a full-service podcast production company who are ready to help you plan, record, produce, and promote your message with podcasting. To find out more and grab your copy of Podstar if you're feeling pod curious, visit us at podcastnetworksolutions.com. <laughs>